Greetings, greetings. Welcome to Live Courageously, the podcast number seven of 2022. I created this podcast show to share the stories of the amazing, amazing, courageous friends I am honored to have in my life. I chose the title of Live Courageously because that has been the conscious theme of my life for the last two years since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. If you haven't seen the previous podcast, you can watch them on my Live Courageously YouTube channel, and I recommend you check them out. We're living in very challenging and dangerous times, and a natural reaction is fear. But fear is just a reaction, but courage is a choice. And it's because of that reality you need to consciously choose courage to get through what's coming. On earlier shows, I talked about the six types of courage, physical courage, social courage, moral courage emotional courage, intellectual courage, and spiritual courage. I believe my guest today has all those and maybe even a seven type of courage. So let me introduce you today to my guest, a very special friend, Dana Leesingang. And uh, Dana graduated with honors from Colorado Mesa University. She's the author of Falling Up, My Wild Ride from Victim to Kick-Ass Victory, with the foreword written by uh, Dr. Wayne uh, Dyer. She had had the honor, she has had the honor of speaking on stages with Dr. Uh, Wayne Dyer and also other speakers, Anita Morjani, Scarlett Lewis, Immaculate Iligabiza, and Kate McKinnon, and many others. In 2014, Dana received the Hero of Forgiveness Award given by the Worldwide Forgiveness Alliance. She currently is an inspirational speaker and a coach in independent living skills and spinal cord injury recovery. She has joined Scarlett Lewis, spreading the formula for choosing love over hate. And that formula, as she shares, is courage plus gratitude plus forgiveness plus compassion equals choosing love. She is a choose love ambassador, getting social emotional learning into schools in grades K to 12. Dana, I, I, that just is all, you know, it can't even begin to capture who Dana is. She has had a truly amazing story of resilience, courage, overcoming, grit, forgiveness, compassion, and love. And I could go on and on for a long time. You have to get and read her book, Falling Up, on Amazon or in your bookstore, if it's the only book you read in 2022. If you need a shot of courage, you need a shot of compassion, a grit, forgiveness, love, you must, must, must read her book, Falling Up. But I'm going to warn you, it will take you through pain. It'll take you through hurt. And before you get to the other side, and then you'll find strength, courage, healing, and hope. But also make sure that you have a large, large box of tissues because you're going to cry as you read it. And I know guys like to say, you know, their eyes are sweating, you know, but I, I was crying. <laughs> I was crying reading it. And um I'm not afraid to admit it because it's powerful, it's inspiring, but it touches your heart and it touches your emotions. So that is, in a brief summary, um, a little bit of who I'm bringing on right now is welcome, Dana, to the show. Thank you very much for that amazing introduction. Almost brought tears to my eyes. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was so beautiful. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're, you're more you're more than welcome. And, and you know, uh, reading your book, rereading your book last night especially some of the chapters, they, they did bring tears back to my eyes again. And it reminded me when I read it the first time, how deeply it, it touched me. So I always like to start off the show with two things. Um, 
And the first is how we met since we obviously uh, have met. And so I, I asked that of the guests, how did we connect? And then I also asked the next question is, you know, what does live courageously mean to you? But let's start with the first. How did how did we meet? How did we uh, come into we, we connected through Tony Rodriguez and then you miraculously showed up out of nowhere at a Joseph McClendon event that just like flooded my heart with joy to just meet you and see you in person. It was just amazing. I was well, so I was like, oh, my gosh, you came all the way down here. Well, you know. You're right. We were introduced by Tony Rodriguez, who's an amazing human being out of New Jersey and uh, all kinds of things. At some point, I got to bring him on the show. But he told me about you and he you know, shared uh, a little bit about who you were. And I remember we connected by phone and you were so uh, generous. You sent me a copy of, of the book with a nice, uh, sweet message in it. And I sent you a copy of the DVD, The Flag, that I had directed. Oh, I love The Flag. And that was so cool. And then when Tony told me you were going to be in Irvine, which is only, I guess, an hour from where I am, it was like, okay, I'm there. How do, how I, how do I get there? What time? When do I need to meet? And when I came up and you were sitting there, and it was a surprise because he didn't tell you. I mean, the uh, look in your face was priceless. I was, it touched my heart. You know, you just lit up. I lit up and uh, we had a chance to hug. We took a picture. Oh, uh, so good. I'm going to show the picture. This is the picture. I, I cut out Joseph in the background. Joseph is a great guy and a good friend as well. But I wanted to focus on the three of us. And um, that's us there. So that was, uh, it was so cool. And we, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time together because you were in the middle of the seminar with, with Tony. And so we spent lunch together and got a chance to talk a little bit. And um, and then, of course, you had to get back to the seminar. So, well, you said that you were only an hour away, but L.A. going anywhere in L.A. is, you know, you could go, take an hour for two miles. I've been in that. <laughs> well, hour in a good day. I don't think it was a good day. But it, was, it was one in an hour. But yes, in LA, a, a 10 minute ride can be a two and a half hour ride. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, that was a pretty big deal. <laughs> well, it, it was well worth it because I had had already talked to you on the phone. I read your book and it was here was an opportunity for me to get to meet you personally. And, okay. and that was something that was I was honored and um, really glad to have a chance to do that. So, yeah, I mean, for me, that was nothing. Um, <laughs> and I'm glad I'm glad I took the time to meet you there. Uh, so that was cool. So the second question is. Um, and like I said, you know, you exemplify so many types of courage and this show is live courageously. And I, you know, if there's more types of courage, you exemplify them. But what does live courageously mean to you, Dana? Living courageously for me means living outside the box. Don't let other people's voices come into you and keep you from living your dreams. And don't let... You're not even your family. I'm like, everybody has an opinion of how you should be or what you should do. And then society has its parameters of what we're supposed to do. And during this pandemic, I'm like, we were supposed to just lock down and stay home, but live outside the box and be courageous and, and know within yourself that, that there's something bigger and, and it needs to shine. So allow your light to shine, I guess. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start more in the present before I 
go back and introduce a little bit of your story. And like I said, anybody and everybody who watches this, it you just have to pick up a book and read it because it will it, it will touch you on so many levels and it's so powerful a book. And I say that as somebody I've read thousands of books. I'm a that one of my biggest passions in life is reading and, and uh, the book moved me. So we're going to get to that. But I want to kind of deal with some of uh, some of the uh, physical courage, because, you know, I'm impressed by, as you told me, a little bit in person. But then, of course, reading the book and a little bit of watching you online, some of the physical things that you've gone through, some of the sports things that you've done. And I'm always impressed. I'm like, I haven't done any of those things. I'm like, God, that's badass. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about those things. And then, like I said, we're going to start a little bit in the present and then we'll take the audience back to how this journey started for you and how you went and overcame. And what you just said, you know, don't, don't listen to other people's opinions. You have to have your own. And you did. And, and because that who you are today is who you are. So tell me a little bit about that for you. Some of the amazing things you've done in your life and that you're proud of physically and at sports and athletically? Uh, one of the things I'm really proud of is that I'm the first quadriplegic in the nation with a class A commercial driver's license. That was really fun. And I've done skiing, rafting. I've rafted through the Grand Canyon twice. That was super fun. I've traveled well, the world. Dangerous. I, I saw in your thing, I was looking, that wasn't exactly uh, not dangerous. It wasn't exactly not dangerous, no. <laughs> I mean, like, Grand Rapids go from a class five, one to a five in a normal river. The Grand Canyon goes from one to a ten. There, there's some big water in the Grand Canyon. But so, and it, I accidentally drowned twice. <laughs> you accidentally what? Drowned twice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. I fell out. I'm a member of the Grand Canyon swim team. <laughs> okay. So you ended up in the water? Yes. Twice? Twice. And what was that experience like? You know, the first time, well, I've drowned twice, but in two different rivers. So one was colder than the other. It was much easier in the colder water. You huh. just go, you just die really fast. And like they were doing, they resuscitated me while I was in the water. And, really? and it was the most peaceful experience. It really was. Wow. Dying is nothing to be afraid of. And I think that's part of why I live courageously is, you know, I, I've had a few near-death experiences and I realized how short life is and how important it is to live fully. And when I broke my neck and they were like, nope, you're not going to move from the neck down. I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't work. We're, we're going to overcome this. And, you know, and today I still am working on overcoming. And then the last two years, I took the last two years to really dive deep into different modalities. And um, I'm starting to get like some finger function back in that finger. That's brand new in the last two years. And I'm... 31 years post-injury. So there's there's just no end to healing if you're willing to do the work and go the extra distance. And as far as the sports go, huh, I love my I love my sports. They've been a lifesaver. Because whenever I've kind of gotten in the mode of you get down every now and then, I've had the sports, the Disabled American Veterans Winter Sports Clinic to go to and and everybody around me is like a family. And I'm going skiing and I'm, they have a rock climbing 
event and I'm doing downhill and cross country and snowmobiling and they've got fly fishing and, and shooting. There's like so many different things wrapped up into one clinic. And then for the summer, there's the paralyzed veterans wheelchair games where I played quad rugby and I went hand cycling and wheelchair racing and swimming and shoot what else softball, uh, obstacle course. There's like sports have been a really big thing in my life just to keep you going and, and the camaraderie. It's just, it just keeps you going. And, and you know, like I said, I keep, teasing the audience we're going to go back and just kind of take from the beginning but until I do that you know the camaraderie of um, working with other vets at the disabled uh, uh, veterans all those uh, events what is that like because I know you know that that's having people who are part of your tribe your team your family who are you know experiencing the same thing supporting each other and going through that and challenging each other to to go beyond what their limitations, other people's ideas or what their limitations right. are, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I always say that the only limitations I have are the ones people put on me. I don't feel limited at all. I feel like I live an unlimited life. Yeah, I use a wheelchair to get around, but it's it's just how I walk at this point. I mean, I can walk some and I've earned that. But the camaraderie is they, they don't let you fall back. Like the veteran world is so beautiful because the camaraderie that we had in service, we took into the same disabled veteran world. And I have to, I am so grateful for the Vietnam veterans because they have a special place in my heart because without them, I wouldn't be who I am. They showed me the ropes and they wouldn't let me, you know, you need help, little girl? You need some help, little girl? They don't they don't cut you any slack. Like they're they're there when you fall, but they're they're there to they were there to push me forward. And they, you know, I just am so grateful to the hard work that they put in because it's their work that brought me to where I'm at. And then it was my job to help the vets coming in from Iraq war and help them come up. And I have become a cross country ski instructor in the 30 years of going to the winter sports clinic. So I went from a participant sit skiing to stand up skiing to being a instructor and helping create some equipment that helped other people be able to stand up and ski. So I'm like, it's, it's kind of, I guess I feel like that's more my legacy. I think, you know, just helping others rise. Well, you know, it's it, it, all of what you just shared and all the stuff that you do without letting other people's limitations stop you. You know, I think it's just for so for people watching, you know, people allow so many limitations on their life. And they have a lot less reasons to have those limitations and they still have those limitations. And they, they don't realize that the power of going beyond your limitations is within you and you exemplify it in so many ways, obviously, because you have a physical challenge that a lot of people don't have and that didn't stop you. And so going back to the first physical challenge that you went through, the first sport 
thing when you were going through it. And then I'm going to have to take the audience back to the beginning, unfortunately, to get us through the story. But on that first experience, that first athletic experience for you, what was that like? It must have been, you know, now you've done 30 years, you've become a left a legacy with doing all this. But the first one couldn't have been easy. The first one had to be hell, to speak kindly. But, you know, it, it was, it, I, you know, I wouldn't call it hell. It was exhilarating. Huh. It all was right. like, it was exhilarating. And like, I was paralyzed from the chest down and no hand function. And I was skiing. I was out there. I was so excited to be able to get on the mountain. So it, it was terrifying and it was challenging. But again, I was surrounded with joy and love and courage all around me. So there, the fear was like, you know, what anybody would have going down a mountain on skis for your first time. And I was doing it sitting for the first time. I skied before I broke my neck. But this was I've gone faster sit skiing than I ever did standing and wow. skiing from the top of Mount Crested Butte to the bottom. You know, they, they, they tethered me down. They had, you know, tethers tied to the back of the ski and they were monitoring my speed. And when you crash, it hurts pretty much, <laughs> you know, it hurts, but it's just, if you're not crashing, you're not skiing, right? If you're, you're just not trying hard enough. And, well, and it was just, it was, it brought more inspiration to my life because at that clinic, I also uh, met someone who was in a wheelchair that climbed half dome, like he's paralyzed. How are you, how are you rock climbing? But he's, and he's invented stuff for that. And I was like, yay, I get to try something new. And so that inspired me. And I think it just drove me forward. It really wasn't hell it was just new and different a different way of doing what i used to do how old were you uh, when you did that that time 22 22 wow my first sports was quad rugby my very first sport that i tried was quad rugby now that was a little bit scary because you get four four people on a team i don't know if the Paralympics, quad rugby is pretty popular in the Paralympics now. But then it, in 1990, I was like, oh, my God, these guys are slamming into each other and they're crashing into each other. It's like it's like crash derby soccer on a basketball court using a volleyball and in wheelchairs. And your goal at my job as a slower, low point player was to just get in the way and so I had to let people just crash into me. <laughs> so that was a little scary. That was new. Let's put it this way. It, it sounds a lot more scary than bumper, bumper cars at, at, at the amusement park. That's for sure. Yeah. And I was the only girl for years. It was wow. the only female playing. Wow. And, you know, I, I, I so now I'm going to just say, it, you know, take us through as little as much as you want to take us back because, you know, you mentioned being the first uh, quadriplegic to get a class A driver's license. So, you, you know, you're and, and you're leaving legacies in sports. But how did you end up? You, you said 22 was when you first uh, did that particular uh, sports event. But you started out as a younger girl at a uh, woman yes. as 18 uh, joining the military. Yeah, I joined the military at 18. 
And that was the beginning. So share as much as, or as little as you want of that. And then, then we'll, like I said, we're going to move forward because what I really want the audience to get is the power of who you are today as a writer, as a speaker, as an inspirer, as all these things. Because that's what I think people need to learn from is who you are and who you become all because of your courageous will. But tell us as much of that just to kind of give us a little perspective. Well, conveniently, this is Military Sexual Trauma Awareness Month. And I joined the Navy when I was 18. And six months into my tour, another sailor um, raped me, choked me out, and threw me off a 75-foot cliff. And it was Sunset Cliffs in San Diego. And I was left for dead. I had my neck broke from C1 down. I was paralyzed like Christopher Reeves in the beginning. And the doctors told my parents I wasn't even gonna survive because there was so much damage internally. And I was in a coma and I had a brain injury and they were like, and if she does survive, she's not gonna be able to be very communicative. And, and so, I overcame that bit, the first part of it. It was, you know, I'm on a respirator. When I woke up from a coma, I was, I, I kept biting on the respirator because I wanted to breathe on my own. I'm like, mm. if, if I have to be this way, I'm gonna, it's going to be on my terms. So wow. I decided from the get-go that I was going to make this my way. That's kind of my personality anyway, really. And I've been through a lot of different treatments. And once I was breathing on my own, I was like, well, the doctors were wrong about, they said I was gonna die, they were wrong about that. They said I was only, I would never breathe on my own, they are wrong about that. Then they told me you'll never be able to take care of yourself. Three years in post-injury, they were wrong about that. I am fully independent, no nurse. I can do everything, I drive, you know, I do all this take care of myself just fine. And they were like, oh, well, you'll never walk. I'm like, watch me. And so 10 years post-injury, I took my first steps and I've used skiing and I've used my sports to keep propelling me forward and to raise the bar for myself. And I don't know if you can see behind me, but there's an elliptical and a um, treadmill and that I use those and I've just not stopped and I won't stop until I leave this chair. And then I'll do something new, I'll just keep going. I'll push that bar even higher. Maybe I'll climb Everest, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, all of that is just um, mind boggling. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know uh, kind of uh, for a guy, I, I'm speechless, <laughs> which is unusual for me, but um, you know, the, as I think it's just the, the important thing that I could take away from that is when people who were experts told you what wasn't possible, you chose to not hear that message, not to make yeah. them wrong, but it was your no. life. It, 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 not, that's what they knew. That's what they believed. That was their limiting belief about that situation, given their experiences, maybe. But they didn't know you. They only knew what they knew. And you knew you. And you made a choice to not buy that message, 
And if you bought that message or you bought that belief that they had, you would have been had a different life. I would say a very different. I would life. had a. I would probably still be on a respirator if I would have. If I'd have listened to what their belief was and their medical, and and they're amazing. The medical profession is amazing. I will. I love them, and I am grateful that they saved my life. But they they can only do so much, and they are trained to tell you the worst scenario and they don't know who's inside you you get to decide that for yourself you get to say i accept this to a certain degree or not accept it and yeah i chose to keep pushing forward and i was like it just doesn't it doesn't it didn't make sense to me you know i'm like i i refuse to stay in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Not that being in a wheelchair is the end of the life, clearly, because I've lived so much more fully in this chair than I think I would have when I was 19, because, you know, I was typical kid. You, know, you, you get to drink beer on base, you go to the bar, you have fun, right? And, and now I, I get to experience life from a vantage point of how precious life is. I got to learn how precious life was very young and that living it life to its fullest was really important. And I could have listened, I could have, but that's just never been my personality. You know, I, and because it wasn't, you know, you, you went on that journey and, you know, I, I remember I saw a movie that, kind of reminds me of your journey it was about a boxer who got into a car accident and became a paraplegic and the doctors told him the same kind of thing you'll you'll never walk again and he said to them okay so but uh, when am I going to fight again he was a, a champ and they were like no no you didn't hear us you're not going to walk again he says yeah yeah I know when am I going to fight again well <laughs> he ended up coming back and fighting in, and being a boxer again so once again they knew what they knew and he knew him and he and you and that's you you're just you know, um, if, if people would just, you know, I hope as they watch this, just understand the power inside you that you had that overcame. And we all have that power. We all have it, for we sure. We have to make that decisions. And a lot of times we don't. We make a weaker decision or we don't even make a, a decision to move forward. But the other side of it is besides not listening to the doctors, you also had a choice, which we have a lot of times in life, to live our life, the rest of our life as a victim because of something that happens to us in life that is horrible, is tragic, is is wrong, is all those things combined. But the, what do we do with that incident determines what our life's going to be. And sometimes, it, and it's not easy to not be a victim in this situation like that. It's easy to be a victim. That's normal. It's human. It's everything. But you didn't. And that's the other part of who you are and your courage. And maybe just your choice to uh, live courageously and not be a victim and like your book kick ass you know um, tell us a little bit about that well I like to you know I was a victim that night and you're not a victim for the rest of your life unless you take on the victim attitude and and it would be easy to do that because I have every reason in the world to do that right yep. but I chose to 
push forward. And at one point I was able to forgive. It took me 21 years to be able to forgive and really understand that forgiveness is not condoning what happened. It's not saying, oh, well, I forgive you. It's okay. No, it's absolutely not okay. But what the forgiveness is for is for your own self. It's to let go of the anger and the hate and the poisoning of your own body and to move forward and let that weight go off of your shoulders. You know, they, the person that put me in this chair had his own cross to bear. And I don't know what happened to him in his life. I don't, and he was only 18. I don't know what made a young man so angry at the age of 18. All I know is what I could do with that. And that is to move forward. I could stay stuck, but what good does that do? I could drink poison and hope he dies, but what good does that do? So that's what the anger is. Anger is poison in your body and my body. And I didn't want that. I had it for 21 years. Believe me, I had a lot of anger. And, you know, every now and then you fall back a little bit and you have to choose to forgive again. Um, but I, I always say it's, it's not what happens to me that defines me. It's what I do with it. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with it. And I've chose to excel as best I can in my life and enjoy it. You know, go skydiving and scuba diving and, and, and raft through the Grand Canyon and drive an 18-wheeler. These are things that I I would have done as an able-bodied person walking around. Why wouldn't I do them now? I just have to alter it a little bit and work a little harder. You know, that that may be another, you know, form of courage, the forgiveness, because the power of that is so, like you said, it, it isn't, because your anger was righteous, your um, what you felt all those years was righteous, and, and at the same time, what you were trying to accomplish was for you to heal, to get stronger, to be the best you could be, given the reality that you yeah. didn't create of that situation, and you found your way there. And forgiveness is is something that is what maybe one of the hardest things to get to in some situations. Yeah more than others. I mean, some in some situations, people can't even get to it in minor situations, and it's just nothing to forgive, and yet they can't even get there. But, you know, in some situations like yours, it, it's it, it, there's all kinds of things to get in the way of being that powerful to forgive. But you found it there, and I know in the last chapter of the book, um, and your book is kind of in three sections, you know, before the, um, before the fall, uh, the fall, and then, you know, the onward, and after the fall and then onward. And then, and in that last chapter, you, you know, you just talk about how you did it. And I'm not going to get into all that because I, people should read the book and they should really, but I'm going to say it's going to break your heart and it's going to reheal your heart. If you read that chapter after you've read the rest of the book, and it's going to give you something, if you need to be a person to forgive, then you're going to find maybe the ability to do it. So I, I would just encourage people Please, please read the book. Please read that last chapter and let it break your heart and let it heal your heart at the same time. Um, but yeah, I think that's just, you know, forgiveness is, is not an easy place and, and, and you know it and yet you got there. It's definitely not an easy place, but it is possible. Yeah. And the word impossible, just break that apart and it's I'm possible. And I, I really that's like that. 
But now let's go through some of your other journey. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy to get into. Um, you know, you went through so many journeys and, and, you know, one of the influences on your life is uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer and you've read a lot of his material and you've had some great interactions with him. And for people that don't know him, I remember uh, listening to, and this is going to age me real bad, but I remember listening to cassette tapes from Nightingale Conan um, of him listening to his material when I was going on my a personal development journey and the material that he shared that was so powerful. But you, you know, you kind of dived into a lot of that material and then you had a chance to get to know him, meet him, speak on his stage, um, just some amazing things. Share a little bit of that because that's like cool stuff. So yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Wayne was a huge element in my life when I was, I had hit a pretty low point in my early 20s and I didn't even know who he was. I went to a health expo in Austin and everybody's like, oh, Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. And uh, I ended up at a, a bookstore about two weeks after this expo and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, God, I'm in this marriage. Do I need to get out of this marriage? How do I get out of this marriage? And then this book, falls off the shelf in front of me. It's called Manifest Your Destiny by wow. Dr. Wayne Dyer. I was like, what? This guy again? You know, and I'm like, all right. So I end up reading his book and I listened to his book on tape and um, it changed my life right then and there because I was like, this guy says I can manifest my way out of this chair the rest of the way. And I was at a point where I thought maybe I was gonna end up staying in the chair forever. My God, is this it? Is this really it? And it came right at that right time to just give me that little extra oomph. I'm like, all right, he says I can do it. I'll do this. And it it was that year that I was able to stand up and ski with. I mean, I had you know braces on my legs and ankles, and I was like just moving my legs as much as I could. But I was doing it, and I was upright. I'm like, I I went ten feet, but I was upright. And I was, and so that was success. And then you fast forward that to, I think 2010 or 11 in there somewhere where I was like, I was kind of in another spot where I was feeling a lot of post-traumatic stress that quote unquote, what happened to me didn't happen to me. And mm. so how do I have post-traumatic stress? Because this didn't really happen. And of course it did. And I'm in Costa Rica and I'm having a hard time. I'm listening to what it, um, I believe it from ambition to meaning. And I just kept re-listening to it and re-listening to it. And I'm like, I got to thank this guy for all that he's done for me. And in that he said he had chronic lymphocytic leukemia and he was healing himself from that. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to meet him before he dies. So I immediately signed up for a trip to Australia and got on a cruise. And within days, I, I manifested myself at a personal dinner with him and his daughter, Serena, oh, God bless her heart and soul. She wanted to put part of my story in her book. And I'm like, of course, of course you can. And her book is Don't Die With Your Music Still In You. 
And that was one of B Wayne's big messages is don't die with your music still in you. Wow. And I guess that's what I'm doing right now is you are sharing my music. But I, I met him and he's like, you need to go see John of God in Brazil. John of God has turned out to be not the greatest, but ironically, that was where I found forgiveness. And I came back and I said, Wayne, this is what happened. And he's like, you're writing a book. And I'm like, holy crud, <laughs> this is crazy. I'm not a writer. He's like, don't worry about it. We'll get you help. And so he's like pulling me up on stage. He's like, you're natural. And I have his hat to this day. It's one of my most cherished possessions. And I feel him still, still with me. You know, he would say, when I pass, when I go to the other side, just ask, just ask for help because I'll still be there. I'm just on the, just think of it as if I'm just in the next room behind a closed door, but you can still talk to me. And so I, I use that quite often. And I feel like he is who led me to Tony Robbins event, which led me to meeting Tony Rodriguez, which led me to meet you, which led us. I mean, it's like all these synchronicities and life happening for us, not to us. It's like so beautiful. And without Wayne, I don't think I would have come forward the way I have and shared my voice. I wouldn't be sharing my voice without Tony Rodriguez either and without you and the courage to, to speak up about military sexual trauma. And you're always afraid that someone's gonna blame you. And it always feels like, you know, it's there's in the back of your mind, had I done this, what if that? And like, why didn't I? And we try to think that somehow yeah. society still wants to say, well, what were you wearing? I'm like, yeah. what it, what were you, were you drinking? I'm like, no. So you get that you, another bit of courage to come forward. And without my interaction with Wayne, I wouldn't have done any of that. I would have just kept my story to myself and moved on. And, and I uh, have been chastised before as a, that your story is not yours to keep, it's yours to share because others may benefit. And that is my biggest hope and uh, for writing the book is that others will come forward because the more we come forward, the more we talk about it, the more out and the open it is, the less it's going to happen because it's not as normalized within the culture. You know, they say we live in a rape culture. It's more of a rapist culture because it's the rapist that's committing the act. I mean, that's absolutely. absolutely. And Wayne helped me see a lot of that. And, and in the, uh, I believe it's uh, the uh, end of the book, the epilogue of the book, you talk a lot more about that, um, issue of uh, sexual and, and um, abuse and rape in the military and you, you get into that deeper. So if people can read that in the book, I think you'll go, they'll get also some more understanding of that issue uh, as well. But like you say, you know, you met Wayne and you manifested it and it's kind of, the book fell off the shelf. And I, I years ago, I was at the GI Film Festival and somebody uh, dropped this term that I had never heard before about God's wink. 
and it, that was a God's wink. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's a cool way of saying it. That's interesting. Cause I've had those moments just like you in your life that this leads to this leads to this. And I didn't plan those things. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I sat and said, okay, then I'm going to go do this. And then I'm going to, no, most of it was like something happened, the door opened. And so I went to Tony Robbins and that flipped my life forever. And, and that all came because I was listening to motivational tapes when I was working in Jack Lane. And all of a sudden, the, the sales guys gave me these tapes and I'm like, what's this weird stuff? Next thing I know, I'm listening. I'm going, hey, this is cool. And so next thing, another door opens and that leads to the kind of life I have today by going through that seminar and then meeting Tony and meeting you and meeting all the amazing people that if I had stayed in the Bronx and stayed working in the post office on the midnight shift as a mail handler, I would have had a very different life and the life would not have been this life. And I wouldn't have experienced all the things I've gotten to experience because I went through those doors and said, okay, what's next? And then let me see what I can do with this. And then what's next? And, you know, I think it's that, that we, we, we step forward uh, in fate sometimes. And you definitely step forward into fate into so many uh, different parts of your life. And one of them is writing the book. So Wayne planted the seed. Now tell us about that. How did you go? Wayne from planted the seed and he had me write it. He wrote the foreword. <laughs> He's like, there's no saying no to this, basically. You're writing a book. And then it got published through Hay House. And he had every intention on bringing me on stage and taking me around and, and promoting the book. And he passed away in August of 2015. So that, you know, that didn't manifest. And that's, I think, another perfect divine alignment in order to align me with the message of, you know, it's not really about what happened. It's about the forgiveness and what I've done with that. I've excelled in life in, in the face of, I guess, adversity. And, and I'm, and it's okay to be proud of that. You know, I, I, I've hidden from being proud of it and it's okay to be proud of your success. 100% and 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 to really celebrate your success cuz you've you've accomplished much more than you know i mean uh i'm not you know skiing never done it uh, uh, river rafting not never done it so i know i mean but all the things that you've achieved you know skydiving scuba diving all that stuff but that's not even that's just some that's a small part of who you are the other part is like you said the uh, touching people uh, the book you know, it, it, it's like, a, I always say, it's like a pebble in the water. You throw the pebble in and you get a ripple effect and you don't know who you touch and who then they touch because of what you just did and what you gave into the world. And your book is a gift to everybody who gets to read it, but it touches people who didn't even get to read it because the person who did read it gets a message and they may do things differently in their life thanks to you and what you shared by sharing your story in your book. So we all grow and benefit. So I, I'm grateful for having read the book and, and um, how you touch my life with it. Um, but, you know, that's uh, and then you so you wrote the book, which, you know, I haven't I've written uh, two memoirs. And I tell you, they were painful. I'm not a well, writer. It is painful. Painful. For non-writers and, and people who are social, it's like, God, I, I don't want to do this. But, you know. <laughs> After and you did it, and so I, I, you know, I admire you for having the courage and listening to that 
you know, push and going. And then that led to you speaking. So tell us a little bit about some of the other things and then some of the groups you got involved with and the awards you got. So tell us about that part of the journey as well for you. Wayne Dyer also wrote the forward for a friend of mine. Her name is Scarlett Lewis. And she shared a, a co-author. And so that connection, you know, it's all these synchronicities. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm, you know, I'm convinced that at this point, becoming a quadriplegic has been a gift more than anything. It's been my gift to give back to society. And I'm helping Scarlett Lewis with the, as being a choose love ambassador for social emotional learning in schools. Her son, Jesse was shot in the head in the Sandy Hook shooting and Scarlett forgave and I forgave. So we, we've come together in that where the most heinous acts have been forgiven and it's possible to do that and make something in life out of it, turn a negative into a positive, no matter, and there's nothing that compared to losing a child, but she turned something into it and, and she made the Choose Love movement. And I'm honored to be on that tour with her in the Choose Love movement because everyone has a choice. You can choose hate or you can choose love. You can choose fear or you can choose courage. You can choose anger or you can still, you have a choice in life. And so I've been blessed to be with her and I've done some speaking engagements with Tony Rodriguez and I continue to do speaking around town where I live and you know, COVID put a damper on a lot of that and just starting to get back out into it again. I didn't stop during COVID though. I, I went to um, some events by Dr. Joe Dispenza and that's how I started getting some finger function back. I'm like, it sounds crazy that just meditation and, and changing your brain waves is going to change your ability. But I really feel that the forgiveness and you're just keeping on that forgiveness train and, and joy and keep doing good in the world and making something more of who you are to help raise the vibration of society. And that, you know, Wayne used to say, I'm not better than anyone else, but I am better than I used to be. Oh, and yeah. that's, that's how I feel about me. You know, my growth is so that I can put out into the world a positive vibration. And when you have a positive vibration, you affect everyone around you. And that's what you're saying, that that's that, that ripple effect. So you put out this positive energy and it's going to connect to somebody else's energy. And eventually all that energy becomes a wave. And then you, you just, you're affecting more and more people as you go, just drawing them in. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, all, all of those things, like you said, you, you shared and, and, and you shared um, forgiveness, you shared love, you shared, you know, you're involved in, in both speaking and Tony Rodriguez is an amazing guy. When he told me, uh, 
your story. I mean, you know, we we tease each other because he's from New Jersey. I'm from New York and we have fun teasing each other. But he's such an inspiration and, and such a he has his own overcoming story. But but, you know, you're getting up there and doing that and and, and being um, not letting anything stop you. I just think it is just such a message because even during COVID the last two years, you were able to go out and you face more health challenges than most. And you were able to go out and do stuff and you did not let it, you did not accept that what you should be living in was fear. You did not accept that. And that was what was being promoted to all of us. Was that, what was the best reaction? Fear, 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 be afraid, be afraid, be really afraid. And that was what we were being sold as a, a product. And it's like, to me, I looked at it as like, uh, you know, growing up in the South Bronx, it's like uh, heroin. You know, just because they reduced the price of heroin don't mean you should buy it. It's still heroin. <laughs> so it's like, hey, it's cheaper heroin. Yeah, but it's heroin. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good luck. But, you know, uh, fear, whether it's free or cheap or, uh, you know, every 24 hours a day, it's not a product you should buy. It's just not a product we need. You know, we need courage. That's the product. We have a choice. You have yes. a choice to choose courage over fear. That's right. And, and, and that's and what this life, living courageously is all about, right? Yeah. And that's yeah, and your life you will expand dramatically because of that. You'll have these experiences like you've had because of that. And, and I remember I read a book and I can't remember what it was, uh, a guy Kaufman, I think, but it was about choice. And when I was living in the Bronx at the time, and it was a message that just resonated so strong. It was like up until that point, I, you know, I played victim. I had excuses. I blamed everybody because I lived in poverty and blah, 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 blah. But all of it was nonsense because it came down to I had a choice. What did I want tomorrow to be and today to be was up to me, nobody else. And right. when I realized that, I was like, wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Because if I don't believe that, the alternative is I go nowhere. I stay in the same place. Right. Right? Absolutely. And, and so that's kind of what you did. You, you know, you you took that um that thing of choice. Um, what else would you like to share and, and and tell us a little bit of some of the um things that you have that you can share in the future that you want to um manifest and, and make happen or just anything you want to share beyond what some of the, what we've talked so far with the audience? Um, well, I, I, my biggest thing for those who have survived sexual trauma, military sexual trauma, I, it's very important that you know it's not your fault in any way, shape, or form. And if you can and you have the courage, and I know that they have it inside them, Tell someone you trust, not necessarily your family member or a friend, maybe a professional so that you can reach out and get help with some of the post-traumatic stress. Because post-traumatic stress has been pretty big in my life and I just didn't know it because I wasn't, you know, it was swept under the carpet and I was supposed to just suck it up, buttercup, move forward at this, you know? And I think it's important that people get help, get help with the trauma, get help with overcoming. Because sometimes you reach a point where, I mean, I'm 31 years post-injury and I finally hit a point where I was like, 
oh, I actually do need a little bit of help with some of this stuff that's coming up. And with the meditations and with cognitive therapy and, you know, it's okay to blend different stuff together. You can't just think yourself positive out of it. I mean, like you have to start feeling some of it inside yourself. You have to feel worthy and know that you're, know that we're worthy. We are worthy of love. We are worthy of healing. We are worthy of joy. We are worthy of being courageous. And sometimes that means we have to reach out to someone else to get there. And that's what I'm currently doing. Um, Next week, I will be going to a Dr. Joe Dispenza event, which just, they're super fun for one. And it's, you get to go really deep and learn the science behind meditation. It's not just sitting there and going, oh, no, there's, there's a lot of science. There's too much science for me to go into it right now. But I've, I, and that's what's been, you know, I'm, I'm still recovering. There is no end. I guess that's the other point. There's no end to recovery. There's no end to learning because when you stop learning, you die. Whether you're still alive, you still die. You just die while you're alive. And growing is crucial. And it, no one, no one grows from hanging out in comfort, right? We have to push our limits, push that comfort zone in order to grow. Just want to repeat that you can die while you're alive. And that's even worse death. And I, I think that's such a powerful message. You just kind of um, laid out where people, you got to get out of the comfort zone. You got to grow. As long as you're growing, you're living, you know, um, I, you know, I, I say, you know, I, I'm going to stop growing when I look up in the six feet of dirt on top of me. That may be the end of at least my growth on this plane. Um, what happens after that? I don't know. But, you know, up until that point, it's about growth. It's about learning. It's about, you know, relearning. It's about rethinking. It's about all, you know, the po- just setting more possibilities for yourself. And you're right. That's th- that is the way to uh, live no matter what. And you You've been a, a model, I, you know, in the preface of your book and after what you just shared, your journey and what happened to you when you were young, you know, you start out this book with a preface that says, I write this memoir with much love in my heart. And then you go on from there. And I'm going, just think about just thinking about that when I read it was here's what you went through, such, um, you know, uh, trauma, such a horrible experience. And you start off with, I write this book with much love in my heart. And I think that's what captures you and captures why everybody should read this book. But it's just like, what a powerful affirmation of what's important in life. And and, And just share a little bit of that with us. I've learned to love myself in many different ways. And I actually, through some of the people I met, um, Michelle Soros, I went to Rhythmia Life Center in Costa Rica and did plant medicine and had some huge growth through the plant medicine. And I, I can I feel more connected to my soul and my heart now more than ever. And I'm just I just feel very fortunate that that love is our nature. Love is our nature. 
you know, when we get down to the true core and the truth, and I think there was where the plant medicine helped me was see that my true core is love. And when I show love, love comes back. If you show anger, anger comes back. And when you merge with, they say that you merge your heart and your soul with the plant medicine and I, I merged and it, there's just so much truth and love in the world that everybody has. They just sometimes get lost, you know? And I went through a lot of mud and muck to get to the meadow on the other side. And, and now I just, I, I just, I can't feel anything else but love, really. I'm like, yeah, I, I will get angry and I will react, but I always come back to my truth and my heart and the core of who I am is love. And the core of everybody, when we're born, we are love. 100%. And somehow that gets society, whatever, life, it kind of goes away. And then you merge back with your heart and... There it is again, love. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I'm just going to throw up a, a couple of quick pictures. Here's a, here's your book, Falling Up for Everybody. Make sure you take a chance to go on Amazon, look at this book, buy it, read it, share it, send it to your friends, send it to your family. By all means, this is a, a powerful book, one of the most powerful books I've read. So please check it out. Um, and then, of course, there's just some picture. One of the things here is a picture of you. Obviously, uh, that that is you, right? Yeah, that is me. <laughs> and God, look at that in the background. You're, that's just an amazing. Uh, that picture. is the uh, Colorado National Monument. Uh, oh, really? And then yeah. here's another one of you. Um, <laughs> Hand cycling in Mount Crested Butte. And then here's another one with um, your your dog. Uh, Previous dog is this the the first no that one's Jasper that's oh, this is Jasper okay that's this Jasper is, that's my current little guy that's your current dog obviously dogs your your dogs mean a lot to you and Jasper means a lot yes. to you and uh, then here's just this is just a a beautiful thing she sent me with a picture right. of a dog thank you know when she sent me that when Dana sent me the book so that's just a little bit of you've been on an incredible journey um, you know I'm. I'm honored and blessed that God uh, winked wow. and, and uh, put you in my life and had a, I had a chance to meet you in person and read your story and now hopefully share it and share it even further in the future because I just think, you know, we need to hear these messages so much more and some people need to really, really hear it and, and hopefully impact them. And uh, let me just see if there's a couple of people might have jumped on here because- Thank I'm you so, so oh, much. Well, uh, Tony Rodriguez is on here and I'm like- Woo! I'm ignoring him. He's making comments and I'm ignoring him. He's going to, he's going to, oh man, I, I'm going to really uh, suffer from ignoring <laughs> him. Um, yeah, he made a couple of comments. And here's this one. We got to get this one up there. Dana is a <laughs> badass. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a must from uh, our good brother. <laughs> so yes, he does sum you up, Dana, for sure. Uh, then a, a few other people have just commented. And usually I'm I'm on the comments, but this time I got so caught up in, in, in talking and listening to you. I like, oh, God, comment. Um, so uh, uh, this is uh, Lena saying she loved the book so much. 
So yes, as did I, and then another uh, a veteran friend of, of mine, a student of mine, um, just saying good afternoon and happy Palm Sunday. Good, Ken, he's a military vet of mine that I, I taught at uh, film school. Um, but anyway, that, uh, you know, it's been a great hour. And, and, and oh my gosh, it went by so fast. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm like, it's an hour already. <laughs> Come on, there can't be. Um, so uh, anything you would like to finish up with? Oh, and I just want to finish up another God's wink. I know at one point I connected you with a friend of mine, Eileen Gruber, who has an amazing story. She was one of the first people I uh, interviewed on my podcast as well, who's been a friend for uh, ages and, and her overcoming story and just who she is. And she is a rock star. That's another badass. I love I, her I, so I much. Know. I'm surrounded by all these badasses. I'm like, is this some amazing people? Just some amazing folks. You know what? That makes you, Joan, right? That makes you a badass. Well, you know, I I just <laughs> thank you. And I'm just honored and grateful that I get to have people like yourself in my life. Because, you know, like I said, when I was a high school dropout in the South Bronx, I never expected to have this kind of experience in life. I never even knew it was possible. Um, that just, you know, all, to me, it was survival. If I could survive, that was cool, you know? Um, and then, of course, it went way beyond that. So, you know, it was an honor and a blessing for me to to get to where I am and to meet people like you and have you in my life. But I thank you. I thank you so much for sharing your story and, and coming on here. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing and honor. It truly is. Well, thank you. It, it, it's, it's mutual. And, um, Whatever I can do in the future, you know, we should stay in touch. And if I can, uh, whatever I can do to support you and, and um, help with some, maybe some of the projects you have in the future, or hopefully we'll end up at one of these events together with Tony Rodriguez so we can give him a hard time and sure. uh, <laughs> mess with him a little bit, um, you know. But outside of that, uh, thank you so much. You have a fantastic time and thank you for coming on and being part of this. Uh, and My I, I just, pleasure. And everybody, please, please, I can't recommend it high enough. Please go get on Amazon, go to your bookstore, get the book, read it, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and um, you know, use this to live courageously, uh, just like Dana's been a, a, an example of. There you go, yeah. <laughs> hey, got my copy. <laughs> uh, so definitely have a great one. You enjoy, enjoy the next event you're going to. And I look forward to talking to you and hearing about that. And I'll, uh, let's stay in touch more. All right. Thank you. Okay. Love Thank you. you. Love you too. Much love. Take care. Bye. Bye. Wow. So that was, uh, as I wrap this up, that was a, um, an amazing, powerful, powerful, story uh, uh dana's story is something that it, it it has to touch your heart it has to inspire you it has to give you uh, courage uh compassion love forgiveness grit i mean she just uh, exemplifies all of it and i just hope that if you have a chance to watch this that you'll share it with your friends share it on social media uh share her book uh falling up what a message you know, she took this horrible experience of being thrown off a cliff to be killed. And instead of uh, talking about falling down, she turned it into falling up and she transformed her life and she's transforming other lives with her book, with her uh, uh, speeches and with all that she does in the world uh, with people. So please 
check out Falling Up, check out Dana. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for being part of this. And if you watch it in um, uh, after it's over, you can also uh, go to my YouTube channel, um, Live Courageously, and all the, the last uh, seven videos will be there. Have a fantastic day and God bless.